we're going to get right into it. Um, uh, what we've been kind of talking about and feeling, we're, to be frank with you, uh, we're still learning how to do this too. Uh, and I mean that. Yes. And, and I say it last, I think I said this uh, last week, so I'll repeat it again this week. Thank you again for your patience with us because we're trying to learn how to do this. And I say try not because we're trying to, we're seeking God on how to do this. And um, it's a challenge. And so um, we're feeling different things out and trying different things as the Lord lays it on our heart. And um, it's not in an effort to come up with a good idea. Um, it's up to, to follow the will of God or whatever God has for that for us this week. Um, and so uh, thank you again for all of you, especially our Antioch West family that's been with us from the very beginning when I was sitting here at a desk with two little lights that we had found quickly because we had to come up with a solution back in March. Now sitting here in the studio with all kinds of wonderful lighting that we have now. Um, it's been quite a journey. However, thank you. We are still working on the Yes, backdrop. we have some we stuff have that's ordered. ordered. And furniture that's coming, right. so it's just it's taken a little bit longer COVID than we anticipated. Is, yes, COVID's so, gotten us. Yes, we're not done yet. <laughs> no, the white wall. Because the other problem with the, with the wall is right now is currently if I go like this, there's not much difference between the color of that wall and the paleness of my quarantine hand. Well, it's proof. Yes, I have been quarantined. This is proof this right is here. Proof. This they'll say, hey, this poor guy has not seen the sun in a while. Anyways, not the point. Uh, so real quick, uh, last week, the word that was sort of at the core of what we talked about last week was control. And it, you had something actually to share about that that someone shared on Facebook. Then you say someone shared. Um, wasn't I said it on Facebook. Or Which shared with us, Ramika. Shared oh, about last yeah, week. she had shared. Um, I didn't want to. Call well, her name. No, but just while well, I'm trying to. They don't know who that is. We don't know who that is. Yes, they do. Okay. It's Antioch West. <laughs> so we had just, I had come across a um, a post that wasn't tagged, which I love that. I love when someone um, shares a testimony, but they don't. And not that if you do that, that you're wrong, please. I feel like you always have to preface something before you speak because everything this you is say 2021. is judged. It's the year of oh, preferencing. Oh my goodness, and you're never given the benefit of the preface. doubt. So, if you do this, it's okay, because I know I have. However, um, they just, my husband said who it was, um, but they had just talked about how um, they were watching, and they're not even a part of Antioch West, um, last week's message from my husband, and it really, something about control really resonated with her, and her mother got to watch, and so... She was saying it really brought home some things and shared some insight to her life that she was of an opinion of one way, but God really brought clarity for her, not only as a wife, but as a mother. And just, um, she even made the reference to the matrix. Oh man. So, um, it was just very sweet. And I just came across it just, you know, having to scroll through Facebook on occasion and, I loved it that she didn't even tag us to say, "Hey, look what you you know you did." It was just a very innocent wanting to give a testimony without having to tell us specifically, and I loved that. I thought that was really special. And again, no judgment if you do that if you tag the person. I, it hey, it means a lot, and it's always encouraging to hear because 
from one standpoint, we are on this side of the camera, there could be 300 people watching or there could be none. So we don't ever know. Um, however, it was just, it was awesome to hear what God does and how he talks through us for whoever is out there listening that needs to hear it. So it was just very encouraging. I think the other thing too, and there's others that, there was a lot of people that reached out to my wife, especially last week and shared sort of their connection with what was said last week. And again, we're not going back. This seems like we're going back and giving ourselves oh, a pat okay. on the back. That's not the intention. It was just the fact, the biggest part I love about things of that nature is because I believe God is real. I believe Jesus Christ is real. I don't, I, I, I am, I, I want to make a declaration right here live, right now. I'm about to put the stamp and say, this is my declaration. I am officially forever swearing off religion or anything to the nature of religion. And I don't say that disrespectfully to anyone or anybody. I say that because I don't want God in a box. I don't want God defined to a box. I don't want God defined to a predetermined way of working because I need God in my life right now. I need him to break the barriers of this time and space and world and be real to me. Well, put, if you don't mind, put, because um, I'm a person of application, because when I hear something like that, what does that, I think, what does that mean? All right, okay? what does it mean? When you say that, and we're talking about, and correct me if I'm wrong, because we're trying to live this every day. Right. And there are some days we do good, and there are some days we don't do so well. And so when you make that statement, you don't want to be a, you know, a religion. Right. You don't want to put God in a box. And I thought of a situation because it was, what was it, last week? Um, because as Christians, you think, okay, you know, you have your Sundays as a Christian that you give to God whether it's just in the morning service that you have, because some people only have one service in the morning, or if you have two services, or, you know, that's generally our Christian duty is to make Sunday a priority if you're able to, those practicing Christians. And then usually at some point, depending on the type of religion, you have something throughout the week or here and there, but it's very formatted, it's very structured. You, you go and do those things, but then when it comes to everything else, it you just habitually check out and you are who you are on those very specific days, whether it's Sunday, whether it's, you know, a Wednesday afternoon or Wednesday evening or a Thursday evening, or, you know, you know, you're supposed to act a certain way. You know, you're supposed to be kind. You're supposed to be loving. You're supposed to show the best side of you. But when it comes to Monday through Saturday, apart on your every day, every other day, you are who you are. Right. Right. And so when I hear that for me, I, I automatically say, okay, well, how do I do that? What do I do? Okay, how do I know if I'm putting God in a box? How do I know if I'm walking with him every single day? And so I was challenged. I was. We happen to have, um, we're in a home right now. God blessed us with a new home. Um, we didn't actually want a new home. I didn't. Um, new construction is not always the greatest blessing. I found that if you um, buy an older home, I feel like sometimes the homes that were built years ago were better constructed than the ones that are new today. So we were given by God um, a new construction home. And so we were having, we're coming up close to our year. And uh, we had 
some men come into our house and they're really giving us, you know, because when you buy a new home, they promise you everything, you know, oh, we'll do this and we'll fix this and it's this and it's just, you know, the, you know, you read the contract, but then you don't look at the very microscopic words underneath and, you know, so it's just, it's one of those things. Well, we have, uh, we had an appointment and a guy comes over our house and um, they're giving us a very challenging time of some things that need to be fixed, some things that were defected in our home, and who would know that? You know, you've got a brand new home, but believe it or not, some major, major issues. And so this is keeping God out of the box. So me, I forget that I fall into a rut of not necessarily who I am, but just, you know, I want my house fixed and I want this done and blah, blah, blah. And so I go into, and I'm being completely transparent, and I apologize because not everyone can handle transparency. Some people have to be able to sit under people that are perfect. Well, I'm sorry. If you want to sit under Antioch West leaders that are perfect, please don't sit under Antioch West leaders because we're not. So saying that, I had a very bad attitude that day. I did not handle myself correctly. I looked at, okay, this is me. You're not doing what I asked you to do. You promised me X. You're not giving me X, and therefore, I'm not happy about it. And sometimes I am kind to a point, but after a while, um, when I'm pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed I'm and pushed. I'm laughing because you're saying um, kindly. There's been, I've had patience for a year, and mm. it's not getting fixed, and it's not getting done, and therefore, I'm going to express my displeasure. And the Lord's ever so kindly reminded me. Um not to go back to control who's in, who's really in control of this you or me and not only that what is your attitude displaying are you showing me because you who claim and this is this is taking God out of the box and this is why I was referencing what he was saying is because when I hear that I'm like okay what does that mean I am acting as I want to but I who claim to have God I who claim to walk with him, it's very evident. They know my husband and I. They know my husband's a pastor. They know that we claim to be true Christians and not Christians as what the world Entitled. has perverted. Yeah. But Christians meaning Christ-like. Right. Being like Christ Jesus. And the Lord reminded me, are you showing them me? You who claim to be Christ-like, to be like me, are you demonstrating me today? Wow. That was a very tough pill to swallow, and I wasn't. And I had to ask the Lord to forgive me. Because, and like my husband and I have stated, and I wasn't trying to take over your point, but to walk with him, not to do, not to act, not to, okay, I have to get up every day and I have to pray. I have to get up every day and i got to read my Bible. i got to get up every day and I have to try to be nice. And No, because those are all just acting in your own efforts, and I'm not trying to right. be rude. I've done that a long time, and you fail, and you fail, and you fail, and you fail. But when we talk about walking with Jesus, where you wake up every day, and as you, re as you give him your will, your control, again, not to go back to what was talked about last week, but I was just trying to clarify what you were saying is we try and strive not to be fake, not to always have a smile on our face like everything's great, but to connect to him, give up control to him, 
So therefore, he can then not only work in us, but through us as well. Instead of me demanding, this needs to be fixed and this needs to be done, even though I'm frustrated on the inside going, okay, God, ultimately you're in control. This company is not in control. And whether you de decide to fix these issues that are severe in my mind, in my opinion, I know ultimately you're in control. And knowing that and then giving the gentleman and the group of guys a, a smile and saying, okay, um, whatever you're able to do, we greatly appreciate it. We understand. And then when that meeting's over, going back to God and saying, okay, God, you know everything. You know my needs. You, you see everything. You know everything. I'm giving it to you whether it's fixed or not. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to rely upon you. And I want not only what you're going to do in us and our family, but I want you to shine through us. Right. Because on the other side, those people are, are going, God's going to let them see, wow, mm. you know, we really have, we've noticed that they've been kind and they haven't gotten frustrated and we haven't, we have problems. God does have a way of working it out. Now, he doesn't always work it the way we want to. I will tell you that. Just a little disclaimer. He doesn't always work it the way we want to. But I got to say, when you give up control, whether he fixes it and you're thankful or he doesn't fix it and you've given it to him, it doesn't bother you. And you're able to live it live with it and you're able to be thankful for it because he doesn't always fix it. So I wasn't trying to take over for no. you, but I'm such a person of application because so many times I've sat across different men, different women, and they're talking about stuff, especially the word of God, because we really want to know the word. We really want to know not only the scripture, but to how to apply it in a 2021 life. What does that mean? Right. So for someone like me, I want to know application. Okay, how do I do that? How do I know that I'm doing that? So I wasn't. No, trying I think to there's. I think there's a valid point, and sometimes I have to be honest. I am a very, I am a, a studier. I'm a, I'm a skeptic by nature. Um, if you tell me this, the the sky is blue, I'm going to respond back to why. Not because I don't believe the sky is blue, but I want to know why the sky is blue. I'm sort of a skeptic by nature. So because of that, I try to find the foundation of things. But the reality of that is if you're not if you're if you're not being careful, even in the Word of God, you can get so lost in the theology of things that you forgot you forget the practical nature of who God is currently. I will say real quick before I forget, you mentioned something and it reminded me of our new pet peeve. This is one of the things, and I, if you say this, we don't know you say it, but I'm going to challenge you maybe to stop saying it. We say a lot as believers and Christians, boy, God showed up yeah. just in time. Boy, God showed up just in time. As if he wasn't there and came flying into the room <laughs> like at the last second. Right. No, God didn't show up just on time. He was already there. He may have revealed his plan then, but God didn't show up because to say God showed up is implying that God wasn't there. Just a new little pet peeve that we say because we often say that. Boy, God showed up right on time. What was he like off somewhere else and then like came flying in at the last second? So that has nothing to do with anything. It's just something I get to get off my chest. But to your question about the application, I'll answer it with today's word. Yesterday, last week we talked about control, and I think these actually kind of go together. Today, the word is intentional. 
intentional. And here's why I say that based off your question, what's the practical nature of this? And what is the difference between God in a box? And, and what does that mean? And you shared for you what that meant. And I'll share on my side. And some of you know our story. Some of you don't know our story. My wife and I were both born and raised in church. Um, our earliest memories, we were going to church. We went to church. We didn't go to church because we wanted to. We went to church because we didn't have a choice. We, were, we went to church our entire lives because that's what your parents said, you're going to church. We went to church. And so uh, I can't speak for her, but because that being the case, um, most of my life uh, growing up in church, I spent a lot of my entire, basically I could say this, my entire world was wrapped around church. For some of you that don't know this, my parents were the pastors uh, of the church, and so therefore I was wrapped up in the church as well. And along the way, and I think you could say this as well, probably I know our story are different. This is where probably there's some differences. But I had enough experiences along the way in church that gave me the true understanding of God was real. He cared about me. So I had no, I wasn't trying to find the reality of God who God is, but I had all these experiences with God enough to say, okay, there's something to all this, but still I was so inundated with the aspects of church. And I'm not speaking anything negative about church. If you go to church or don't go to church, that's not what we're talking about today. Right. right. That's, that's another subject. So please don't take what I'm saying. This is not a don't go to church or go to church session. This is a deeper issue. But I found, as I got older especially, and I started having real life issues. We had a family powwow the other day, and we told our kids, uh, you know, because sometimes kids, their perspective of things, um, they don't understand how good life is. And so we're trying to explain to them sort of some things that they're having to adjust to as they get older, responsibilities there that they're having to deal with. And we said to them in a very kind way, life doesn't get easier from here. It gets harder. It gets more challenging. And we have two girls and they, you know, they, they're like every most uh, little girls. They're starting to dream about marriage and what that means. And we tell them all the time, marriage doesn't fix anything. In fact, probably marriage reveals more things than it fixes. Amen. Do not need an amen on that. <laughs> it was a nice light on you. I feel I'm was, sure I feel an amen. any married couple would agree. Yes, but that was it's a very true. strong amen. No, that was a very truthful okay. and honest amen. It's true. It does. And I hope it, I mean. Right. I always say, right, I've said this every, my, it's my new saying when I do when I do weddings, is marriage was not meant to be easy. Marriage was meant to be hard. Because marriage is the one thing that God put in us that brings us to the point where if it's going to work, it's going to create require change. This is not a marriage seminar. Um, and in the context of that, what I found as I got older and I started having real life issues and started having some real life stuff pop up in me, that when I started trying to go back to some things that I had done my entire life, they weren't working. 
some things that had been a part of my fabric my entire life. And I'm not saying these things are right or wrong, but they weren't working. And when I realized this, and this is why I'm going back to putting God in the box and, 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 and swearing off religion. Nope. Because it's very easy for us as human beings. We are built. I forgot when it was just recently. Something, whether I think we did something or it was a schedule time or I don't know what it was. We got off our normal schedule. Something happened. I don't remember what it was. And we got off our normal schedule of getting up and going to bed. It was our, our everything was disjointed. And when you ever had that happen where you're, Something happens in your schedule or as a vacation or whatever it is, it jolts that sort of, we have this built-in rhythm we have as people, right? We, it's, it's like we, human beings, as much as we say we don't, we enjoy and have this built-in desire for this rhythm of life. We kind of go through life, we're very easily, uh, we, we, we adapt very easily to habits, whether good or bad. But that's sort of how human beings are made up. It's We're very easily trapped in habits. And so because of that nature, it's extremely easy. And I I did it. And you and I have talked about this. And in fact, we talked about this as far as Antioch West. And sorry for the long answer to your question. But this is ultimately, I realized something as I got older. And even realizing something in the last 10 months in quarantine, even to a greater extent. That I'm not a pilot. I uh, know a little bit about aviation, enough to be dangerous. I've flown planes on video games. I don't know if that counts. No, uh, that does not count. Okay. You're not willing to fly with me yet? No. Okay. All right. That hurts, Kate. Mm-hmm. In the words of Frank Sinatra, come fly with me. Let's fly away. Um, no, no, no taker? Okay. Um, Boy, we'll talk about that later. That that stung. But I do know a couple of people actually that watch that are amateur pilots. So what I'm about to say, I think, is similar, fairly accurate. It may be, I may not have it ex- exactly right. So bear with me here for my lack of knowledge. But there's a button on most advanced aircraft today called autopilot. You push the autopilot. And basically, to get the autopilot to work, you have to put in the destination. The destination of where you're going. Because the autopilot will help you get there through the mechanics and the computers on the screen. I think you can choose your altitude and maybe your speed. I don't know. I can't verify that or not. But autopilot. So you put autopilot on and therefore, sort of, I don't think you probably should do this and probably... Most pilots don't. However, technically, I think if you push the autopilot, you could sit back and just check out because the plane's going to fly itself. And I found, especially even the last 10 months, and why I made the statement I made today and sort of what you were talking about, even with being in a situation with our home, And that is I found I was living a lot of my life with Jesus Christ on autopilot. I sort of typed in this destination, this predetermined destination, H-E-A-V-E-N, enter. On my way to heaven, autopilot. And I completely check out. Because I figure, well, it's in the computer. I'll get there and I'll just be over here. You know, I'll be getting, you know, 
drinks from the flight attendant and eating my in in flight meal and watching a movie and the plane's got it and I'll just drift off. But the problem is even an autopilot the autopilot works well if everything is perfectly fine. But if the plane has problems or there is unexpected encounters, whether it's weather, wind, whatever it might be outside, the autopilot, most, I don't know if it's nowadays advanced, I don't know. But it's not built to handle things when things don't go right. So what I found is, when I was on autopilot, if my life was fine, it was okay. And here's the thing. Religion, in my opinion, I'll say this is, uh, hopefully this is, religion to me is built on the idea of autopilot, right? You do these certain aspects of things. You check these boxes off. You don't really think about anything beyond it. It doesn't really have to resonate inside. It doesn't even have to resonate. You say these certain words, do these certain things, go through these certain rituals, and that's all it takes. As long as you push these buttons, the autopilot's set. You don't have to worry. Well, I love that analogy because it's funny through my brain as a female, and I, I won't speak for all females. I'll just speak for this female because I hate to do that because we're all different, I know. But I love how you use the analogy of an uh, autopilot and an and, and airplane. But for me, I, and I'm so glad you defined religion because we are not knocking people who believe in God because when we think of religion, we think of people that believe right. in God. That's not what no, we're talking about here. We're talking about the mechanics yes, of what religion brings. So, like, you use autopilot. I think of a relationship. You and I are married. But we have Last no connection. None. You come in from your day. Hello, how are you? Let me kiss you because that's what I do. When the husband comes home or the wife comes home, you know you're supposed to kiss. You know you're supposed to say, I love you. You know that there are certain aspects. But... They're just words. Like even he and I, we've gotten to a habit where when we would talk on the phone and when we'd end, we'd say, all right, love you. All right, love you, bye. All right, love you, bye. Until one day I said to him, I don't want to do that anymore. If our I love yous are not intentional, if we're just saying I love you, bye, because it's just what we say and do, but there isn't really I love you, bye. I don't want to do it. And so I love you use the autopilot analogy because that's so the way your brain thinks. But for me, it's like going through a marriage without any connection, but you're doing all of the things you're supposed to do. You're going on dates, but they're very uniformed. There's, you know, how are you? I'm doing good. How is your day? It's doing good. It's, you're going through the mechanics of it, but there's no connection. There's nothing. So like when you use... The aspect of religion, hmm. it's the do's and the don'ts. You know, you know, you're, you know, you know, you're supposed to be kind. You're not supposed to be rude. You're supposed to be this. You're supposed to read your Bible. You're supposed to pray because clearly that's part of it. You're supposed to, but when you go to prayer, it's very cold. It's very stale. It's, you know, thank you, heavenly, and however you say it, you know, thank you, heavenly father. We give you this today. It's just, there's no connection. But even if it's not even technically in that formative voice, you can be, no, 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 no. But because I think there is some, but I think also too, for me, and I love your, I love that because in that aspect, I go back to certain times. I didn't have the informative voice. I had the emotional because I know how to do that. Growing up in my, in the church, you know, church, like we, we know church. I mean, I know the emotion. I can get the emotion, 
I can get, I know how to get the emotion. I mean, mine is not, oh, Heavenly Father, I give you praise. I want to say to you today how great you are. Mine's more like, dear God, I love you today. I give you praise. I give you glory. I give you honor. There's nobody like you, Jesus. Nobody like you, Jesus. But that's you. Wait a minute. But one that's says, you, right, though. that's me. I do that. I found myself doing that. No, I'm not making, not making fun. That's what no, I do. That's what he does. That's me. That's me. And I'll go, wait a minute. That's no different than the formative person who sounds stale and monotone. I'm doing the same thing. Mine just sounds better. Or maybe it doesn't sound I wasn't maybe it's saying, more annoying. I'm trying to say stale and monotone. No, but no, 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 I, just... no, but I think we think of, I don't, I don't, I think because in the past I heard people make that analogy, but it's a very valid one. But I would go, well, I don't do that because I, I know I lift my hands and wave my hands to Jesus. Oh, Jesus, you're so good. Oh, Lord, I give you praise. I give you glory. I give you honor. And it looked like from an outside standpoint and even convinced myself that I was doing it because I'm like, wait a minute, look at what I'm, you know, we say the term, the Bible says, clap your hands unto the Lord, all you people, shout unto God with a voice of triumph and go, yeah, okay, great. But if it's just doing the act, what you're saying about relationship, if it's just doing the act, not to knock anybody born in this era, but it's like a 1950s black and white film. Go on YouTube and type in 1950s America documentaries and they'll show the perfect American family. And it's just like that. Mother sitting there, father sitting there, little Johnny, little Sally, all sitting there, all buttoned up. But it's so robotic, it's unfeeling. And not that, because you and I have been there. Not knocking that, but you have, I'll speak for me, when you're so used to doing things, you it's kind of like, muscle memory when That's you're it. so used to doing the same thing That's all it. the time yeah. you don't realize because i believe all of us don't consciously think no, this is this is okay i'm going into because this right. is what i have to do we don't always think like that it's just you've done it so much you know this is what you're supposed to do you you, you know all of it that you can do it so much you disconnect right we don't all we know it we i agree with you it's not I've that we don't that. we don't think that way i don't think we think because i mean the Lord has even called me out on that sometimes yeah. where I've gone and, and I've told this story before where I have sat down in my prayer time with God. And my prayer time, when I say that, um, it's just me sitting down talking just like this. I mean, I would love to be able to say I go through certain mechanics. I don't. I sit down sometimes and just say, okay, Lord, this is what's going on here. And where I've gone through my prayer time and I've prayed an hour whoop diggity do, and felt nothing. Talked to God for a solid 60 minutes that we were so great about and felt nothing. Felt nothing. Felt like I was talking to a brick wall. Nothing. Didn't feel anything. Felt like I was completely by myself. There was God was nowhere to be in sight. Nowhere. I know by his word he says he's with us always. But he was, I felt him nowhere, which you can feel God. And I didn't feel him. And all of a sudden, I got, if you'll forgive me, I got upset. And I said, 
God, where are you? Because that's not normal for me. I strive whenever I talk to God as if I'm talking to my husband. I want to be connected. I want to, I desire to be. I desire that when I talk to God, I want to feel him. I want to not only, I know by his word he's there, but I want to know he's there with me no matter where it is. No matter if it's in a studio and we're speaking or if it's in a church service or if I just got news in my car from a doctor or I just got off the phone with someone who lost their loved one. I want to know God is with me, that I, I walk with him, that he really is everything to me, that I know he's with me in everything I do. And so I, I got really frustrated. I said, where are you? Where are you? I've prayed. I've prayed an hour. So I have earned the right. And God's like, excuse me? First of all, that's not how it works with me. And you know that. But he said, you missed it. You're not connected to me. Yeah, I'm sitting down at the dinner table and we're eating and it's just you and me. But you're disconnected. You have this going on in your mind. And clearly I'm this. I'm on my phone. I'm checking Facebook. I'm on Instagram. We're at a table. We're on a date, but we're not connected. Do I care about what's going on in his life? Does he care about what's going on in my life? Have we connected? We live together. Are we, do I know the things that are going on? Do we, do we converse? Do we talk? Do we? And that's how God is. When we don't, when we're not intentional with him and it's very easy. And that's why when we talk about religion, it's very easy and not in a negative way, but it's very easy to go through the motions of what we know to do that we completely lose and miss the whole point of it all. Yes, he does want us to pray. And pray is just a conversation. It's a relationship. It's not setting a certain time out of your day to connect with God, but then the rest of the day you do your own thing and run your life and, you know, God is in this particular No. If anything, it's just being connected to him, talk to him throughout your day. If it's, you know, good morning, God, I'm on my way. I've got a kid who's sick or I've got to run off to my job. You oversleep and you got to get to work and you're running late and you're in between brushing your teeth and say, God, I'm just, I want to let you know I'm aware that you're there. I'm being intentional that I know that you're with me today. I'm, I'm running a little bit behind, but God, you know, and you're getting ready and you're trying and you're trying to be connected. And then when you get to work and your boss is like, you're late. I know I am. I'm sorry. I've had a rough morning and you're getting your stuff together and under your breath, you're like, God, I just want you to know I'm, I'm connected to you today. You know that I have a job to do. You know that I have this to do. But, you know, I just want to let you know, I'm, you know I'm connected to you today. And you just make him intentional. You intentionally know that you're connected. Well, the Bible says that our mind should be stayed on him. I think that's really what you're saying. The Bible says that our mind should be stayed on him. And let me preface this for a second here. We're not just speaking to our, our newer friends or people that are just joining with us over the last couple months. Really, we're talking about to a lot of you that have been around a long time, that have been around as long as my wife and I have, that God's trying to challenge us all. So don't dismiss this today because you say, well, I'm not there. I'm above that. I've been, with, I've been here for 20 years. I've been here for 30 years. I've been 40 years. Because I'm telling you, this is a, a very easy trap to fall into. You don't even realize it. And going back to the point before you made about the marriage and then autopilot, kind of the same thing. You don't really know what's going on until you're met with crisis. 
And crisis reveals what's going on. For example, when everything in your life is great, and you have minor stuff going on, you got some stuff happening in your life, but overall, back to control, you can manage it, right? Mm -hmm. It's manageable. We all have uh, issues, right? But a lot of issues we can manage. We can call doctors. We can go here. We can get a loan. We can work extra shifts to pay for this. We can manage these things. So therefore, when those are... When we're living that way and we're absorbing life and the ups and downs of life, we don't have to be intentional because we've got this. The problem happens is that when things about last week, and I didn't know this was kind of going to be, we honestly, we sat down here, it was no intention to make this sort of part one and part two, so God is obviously trying to help us. When we feel out of control, then our lack of intention becomes a major glaring weakness in our life. Because when we're out of control and we can't feel like we have control and it's beyond our scope of control, then when we go back to God, we go, wait a minute. Last time I checked, you're here, but now that I'm here, I can't. Where are you? Because you checked out on God because you had control because there wasn't an intentional thing because when those situations arise, when, when real issues, when the phone call comes from the doctor or the, 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 there's a major event that takes place in your life or a major uh, area of, of uh, 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 a crisis that arises, it really changes. You become intentional whether or not you want to or not. We always say, you know, boy, God really came through there. He really, he really answered that prayer. I think sometimes maybe it's because when we really need him, he answers, not because he's just there waiting for us, but because that's when we truly become intentional. Because I'm telling you right now, anyone here that says they don't have time to pray, you get a call the day from the doctor said you have three months to live. Suddenly, all of a sudden, your schedule is freed up today or you have a crisis in your life if the bank calls tomorrow and says you don't pay your mortgage um, we're taking your house away all of a sudden you suddenly have some free time we have time and we have the thing that I think we're that God's trying to get to us today is is that intention and being intentional has got to be at the framework of all this because if we don't it's easy to fall into patterns of control. It's easy to get disconnected, go through the motions, and then all of a sudden, when it comes down to it, we're thinking the autopilot's under control when there is no autopilot with God. God doesn't work with autopilot. I'll give you a good one. And I think this is a legit question about, let's bring it into the aspect of right here, right now. I wonder if I could ask you this question, if we could somehow get the answer back. I'm curious to the answer, if I was able to get somehow through the medium of this uh, camera through uh, the connections of the internet and somehow magically pop up on the other side of that screen wherever you're at right now. And I could sit there face to face and ask you this question. Why are you watching today? What brought you here today? Well, it's Sunday, right? We're supposed to watch. Mm -hmm. Well, it's Sunday, Kate. We're supposed to, let's, you know what? Boy, I what would you like to do? We got some errands to run, but you know what? 
Sunday. We better we better get ready because we have to go on. That's not what we do. We try to be intentional about what we do here. We try to seek God. In fact, I will tell you this with all truth and transparency. The moment this camera turns off today, we're already being intentional and seeking God about next week. Now, if I will be honest with you. Somehow God works where the case that until that little thing says live, he hasn't said anything. That's okay. We've learned to walk with Jesus. It's a trust thing. However, we didn't wake up today and go, you know what? Oh, man. Well, let's go get that done so we can go do other things. Because honestly, if we did that, I guarantee you, you would notice. I guarantee you watching today, you go like, my God. This is the most painstakingly brutal thing. I've maybe feel that way anyways. I have no idea. I was going to say. I probably shouldn't say that. You're like, you're like, well, I hate to break it to you. Okay. All right. I'll dance later. Okay. I said, Jesus, we know. Yes. Yes, we do. We do. We do. Uh, But you would notice because you'd go, wait a minute. The lights are on, but nobody's home. You can... Since our lips are moving, but there's nothing you can feel. And I pray in Jesus' name. This is, we always pray this. I pray that as we speak, you're not hearing Joel or Kate speak. I pray that Jesus Christ is touching your heart wherever you are. That's our greatest desire. Because long after this is over with, and her and I are, you don't even remember our names. He is with you right there all times. So we're not trying to bring you here. We're trying to send you to Jesus. Another point for another day. However, the point I'm trying to make is the greater question is, why did you come on here today? Because honestly, if it's, well, Sunday, and again, my wife said it, I will say it, we're 2021. We will now preference 2021. This is not in any way to offend anyone. And I do understand that we are in a very difficult situation. There is a real pandemic going on. In case you haven't read the paper, COVID-19 has not gone away. I know everyone has their opinion on COVID-19, on the legitimacy of it. However, reality of it is we know very dear people to us who have had this sickness. It's legit. It's not going away. It's still here. So if you've decided to move on, God bless you. I'm personally not there. So I understand and take all that to account. I get that. And it's very real. Some of you, because of your jobs or because of your health, have had to be extremely cautious during this time, and I 100% respect that. But not only that, I actually just read today, it was kind of sad, Um, there was an individual that came to me that has just recently, um, because he works on the front lines, and I try to pray really hard for all of those, because we hear all the time, COVID, we hear the disrespects of COVID, you know, well, who cares about COVID? I made it through, blah, 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 blah. But if you would sit down and actually talk to some of these healthcare workers, and I just found this out that another friend close to us, that's a healthcare worker has been going, has just um, scheduled therapy because he said, I'm sick and tired of watching my patients die and not have enough team and staff members to help them. He said that I have literally just signed up trying to get help for therapy because I can't take it anymore. So to every person who badmouths COVID, you may have gotten, and thankfully through the mercy and grace of God, even though you may not believe in him, that you made it through, 
But I can tell you just watching and the people we've been exposed to that have either not made it that we've, I mean, ANAC West has lost a few people to COVID, but watching what it has done. And even though there have been some that have gotten through it without any problem, it is still there. So just to be reminded. Yes. And a huge, huge, no, no, what you were saying. Because I think we haven't said this enough. We need to keep saying it. A huge shout out and thank you to all of our ANAC West family our nurses, our yes. hospital workers, our frontline workers yes. in all capacities. Because um, they're tired. You tired. guys are the real deal. Yeah. Um, and I've we've been able to see your story from a distance. We have some, we have nursing home um, people. We have hospital uh, staff. We've got nurses. We've got um, in-home care people. Um, we've got uh, people that are helping with seniors and disability people. And they have been dealing with this literally for 10 months and they're weary and they're tired and our our huge gratitude of thank you and our prayers are uh towards you because we can just stay home and quarantine you guys have to go to work every day and deal with this front line and have to face the reality of this every day so as my wife said we're stopping right here and we're giving you a huge huge thank you to all that you're facing and um for those of you in whatever capacity um, you're in in the healthcare work. We are greatly appreciated um, to all of our friends, um, and we have some very, very dear friends here on here that are healthcare workers and that have to put their line, self on the lines. We have a friend that watches is our doctor. He watches and he's on the line every day. And so to all of you, thank you. I know that's a very cheesy thing, but thank you. So I say that. Because all that is extremely valid. Thank you for bringing that in because we always want to make sure that we we make sure that we understand that. We're not immune to that. But why are you watching today? Are you watching because it's convenient? Are you watching because, well, I don't have to get up and get dressed and I can sit here in my blanket, my coffee, and my warm robe and not have to do anything? So it's easy. I have to admit... There's an aspect of this that providing opportunity for people to come together in any capacity is awesome. But if you're just coming because it's convenient, that's not being intentional. Probably not making friends right now. Probably people are like, click off that. I wasn't being, I'm not trying to be defense or offensive to anyone. But this is not about well, let's find the most convenient. And I hope it's not, let's find the person I agree with the most. That's not intentional. Being intentional is okay, Jesus. I want to know you. I want you to be real in my life. I don't want you confined to a box determined by somebody else where you can operate. And I don't even want to put you in a box. We serve an amazing God. When you think about we serve God, he's not a self-help guru. Someone said the other day the term, and I loved it, an emotional masseur. That God is an emotional masseur. He's just someone that comes and massages our emotions and makes us feel better. That's not what God is. He's not a self-help guru. He's not a janitor. He is 
ultimately everything. Everything. And if you haven't experienced that, you don't know what you're missing. If you've never truly, honestly given God everything you have and experienced what that means and what you get back in return, you don't know what you're missing. If you've only given God a portion or a little bit here or a little bit there and you've never given all of yourself to God, you really don't know what you're missing. If you've only given enough to God to get back in return something to make your life a little better or to help you out through a trial and then once you get through that, you get back... If you've never really given God everything, and I'm not talking about from the standpoint of, as my wife said, the definition of giving God everything means I'm going to pray 24 hours a day. I'm going to fast seven days a week. I'm going to read the Bible from cover to cover every year. I'm going to hum when I go to the, you know, order at McDonald's, I'm going to be so spiritual that I'm going to literally just pray my way through my order. Oh, blessed, would you please give me two cheeseburgers and a large fry and a Diet Coke? Amen. That's not what it means. Or for some of you, because you talk in tongues so much, you have an accent. You can kill a mosquito, kickstart a Honda. Utah my bow tie, I tie your bow tie. You can spell Coke backwards, which is E-K-O-C. You can do all that, but none of that truly makes God big and real in your life. As was said before, what we, what God's doing in our life and what we're trying to share with you and challenge you with today is he is as real, if not more, on Monday as he is on Sunday. If I can add something. Fire away. Does he fill you? Ooh, that's a good one. I believe we we were out running an errand. And I don't know if you guys have noticed that how many storage unit facilities come up. The amount of storage. Mm. And the amount of waste. I mean, like, we were... And we live close to Baltimore, and there's a massive landfill a that mountain. we can't even see Baltimore. That it's we, from where we live, we could see, be able to see it. But if that mountain of landfill wasn't there, we'd be able to see downtown. And I said to my husband, "What is that?" And he said, "It's trash." And again, this is not a political. I'm not. I'm not saying that. Stay with me. <laughs> but. We always look at, is there something wrong going on in your life? You know, is it this? Is it that? You know, but are you filled? Yeah, everything today, you you may not even have one single prayer request I need today. No. That doesn't Your life you may immune. be going great. Yeah. But do you ever find, I'll speak for myself. I like to just use me because then, you know, I'm, I'll just, I'm not a great person. So I'll just, you know, I'll just lay myself out there. Are you filled? Because I watch just our family of five. My kids, myself, we're always looking for the next event, the next, my kids, the next toy, the next thing they can get, whether it's, it's some, we always got to have something to look forward to, whether it's an event or if it's this or if it's that, or, you know, the next movie that's out or the next party that we're invited to, or the next item that we can decorate our house with, or the next amount of money that we can work for our job. You know, apparently one, one degree isn't enough. So we got to get our masters. Our masters isn't 
enough. So we got to get our, our doctorate, our doctorate. We got to add more and more. We have two masters and we've got this and you know, whether it's fame or whether it's success or whether it's this or whether it's that, it's more money. It's more, you know, friends, it's more relationships, which more, there's always a need of wanting more. Or at least it is for our right family of five. I watch it. I watch it myself, especially with COVID, feeling so disconnected because we are one of few states that actually is having to constantly quarantine. And especially if those of us who haven't had COVID, you know, the ones that have had COVID are able to be a little bit more free. But for those of us who haven't, we have to be the more restricted and we have to, you know, decline another party or decline another event or decline another get together, decline this or do that. And so like, for me, it's like, you know, I just want to fellowship. I just want to see someone. I just want to. And so I'm looking for this and that. And, you know, every day it's like when I'm not focused on God and what he can do and how he is, am I filled? Does he feel he will fill you because no matter what it is, if it's, I mean, you name it, whatever it is you're looking for, it's going to eventually leave you unfulfilled. It doesn't matter how much money you have, because I'm not trying to be rude. Every time we turn around, someone who's like a billionaire ends up committing suicide or someone who we think has everything, their life, they basically threw their life away on this or that and it killed them and it took this. and this. It's like, it's not enough. Doesn't matter how much money you have, it's not enough. Doesn't matter how much fame you have, it's not enough. Doesn't, and yeah, it seems like for those of us that don't have it, clearly it's got to be everything. But, you know, I have a husband. I have three children. I live in a new house. I've got great cars. I've got this. Well, I'm here to tell you it's not enough. It's funny. You're, you're, you're going to laugh at this, but this is literally as you're saying this, and I guarantee I'm not the only one. As you're saying that, you know what's going through, the song going through my head? And it's not spiritual, but follow me for a second because it is true. Never enough, never, never, never enough, never. And I can't sing it like The Greatest Showman. But that was the whole basis of that song in the movie The Greatest Showman. Was here was a guy who was starving to try to find out more and more and more. And the song, and I don't remember, you're the lyric, lyrical savant in our family, so I don't remember the lyrics, but all the something of a thousand spotlights, Something will never be enough, will never be enough. And I think Jesus said it to the woman at the well. If you drink of this water, you'll thirst again. But if you drink of the water I give you, you'll never thirst again. I think what we're trying to say is you got to be intentional about what well you drink from. You got to be intentional when you wake up in the morning, who you're going to let lead your life. You can't just get up in the morning and go, okay, great. Well, Sunday was yesterday. I went to I watched Joel and Kate yesterday morning. I went to a small group. Uh, wow. Okay, great. Monday morning I wake up. Okay, everything's set. Autopilot's ready to go. Jesus and I had a great date yesterday. I'm ready for a good week. And then you wake up Monday morning and you just go. And you just drift off to Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. And all of a sudden it's like Sunday. Oh, hello, Jesus. Would you like to have a date today? Let's check the autopilot, make sure it's stepped in. No, because I got to be honest with you. Tomorrow morning, you may get up and get a good dose of life to smack you in the head. You might get up in the morning and that doctor's appointment that you thought was going to be routine turns out to be a life-changing thing. You might go into work tomorrow and your boss may say, hey, 
you know, we've, we're having to make some cutbacks, and I really apologize, you're a part of it. And if you're just going through the motions, or you're just checking out boxes, and you're not being intentional, because I believe this, and, and we, we talked about this the other day, we serve a loving father, a caring father. He does not always tell us what, but he always prepares us without us knowing it. And if you are getting up in the morning and you're going to go to your job tomorrow, you're going to get a, dis, a, le, a pink slip, whether it's for cause or the fact that your company's declining. And it, it's like, oh my goodness, what's going to happen? I believe if you're being intentional and you're walking with Jesus, when you wake up in the morning and you say, God, I give you my day, God's going to give you an extra level of peace, an extra level of grace. And you're going to go, I don't know what that's for. Where's that coming from? And all of a sudden when that boss says, I need to talk to you in the office. I'm going to have to let you go. All of a sudden you're going to go, okay, God, I got it. He did it. You shared it several times. He's done it in very difficult situations in your life. God did not tell you specifics, but he, he gave you a heads up or gave you indication. Something was about to happen in my, our lives with certain aspects. And hello, Antioch West, those of you that have been on this journey, back in 2017, God started something in all of us in Antioch West where we started to change. By 2018, we had changed the entire structure of our church. Guess what? If we wouldn't have done that, we would not be here today. We would have scattered to the four winds as a church. But we're here today and we're stronger than we've ever been because we had a heavenly father that cared about us and prepared us. You said, why didn't he tell us 2020 was going to be the year of COVID? I don't know. It's his call. But he did not leave us unprepared. And if you're intentional and you're walking with him and every day you're being intentional about your relationship with him, your connection with him and living with him and not living on autopilot and not living disconnected and being intentional with Jesus Christ, he will never leave you empty handed. He will never leave you empty and he will prepare you for things when you don't even know you're being prepared. I'm not saying you won't have life, won't throw your curveball every once in a while. I'm not saying that you won't have times where you're like, something gets you, but you won't be surprised. You won't be, it won't destroy you because you'll have a heavenly father that sees the end from the beginning and he'll carry you through. He'll give you the grace and the peace. He'll already, and you'll be able to go, wait a minute. Okay, I now I know why. Someone calls you and says, hey, I just want to let you know, I'm praying for you. I'm just praying for you. God wanted me to tell you that he wanted me to know, you to know that he hears you and he's praying for you. You're like, well, that's, I'm just, I'm just, next thing you know, two days later, something happens. And God goes, I told you that I already had people lined up to pray for you because this is coming because you're being intentional. See, religion, that's why I was saying earlier, Maybe that, going back to our first original statement, religion doesn't do that. Religion, that's not religion. Religion is put God here, fulfill your obligations, when that over, put God on the shelf, and the rest is you. Well, guess what? Life doesn't stop on Sundays. And so, why are you watching? As my wife says, is this just another thing to fill in time? Are you bored are you just trying to put in a moment are you being intentional today that you got up and said lord i want to get closer to you 
And if that means you want me to watch today, then I'm going to watch. Not to hear two people sit for an hour and ramble along. But God, what do you want to speak to me today that's going to help me know you more? And as I go to my small group here in a minute, and it's on virtual, and it's still we're, we're still in a virtual setting on a small group, Lord, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to share? Do you want me to be able to encourage a brother or sister? I, want to be in t- I don't want to do anything, God, just in autopilot mode. If we're going to impact our world, we cannot impact our world from autopilot. And we're not going to be able to impact our world with a disconnected relationship with Jesus Christ. Because what do they say about the disciples? They recognize one thing. These are ignorant and unlearned men, but they had what? Been with Jesus. They had been intentional. Jesus was intentional. He looked at the disciples that day and said, I must go through Samaria. It was intentional. We've got to be intentional. If we're going to follow Jesus Christ in our lives and as he works in our lives, we have to do that intentional. Too many times in the Pentecostal apostolic uh, religion, (laughs) I know what I just said. Everything seems to just happen organically. If you go to church and you worship, you do these things are just going to happen. Well, guess what? I did it all my life and realized there were some things that were happening. And we're living testimonies today, not because we got this all down pat. No. We're living testimonies because we're experiences we're experiencing this every day and we're watching God do this in our lives every day and we're seeing God do things every day and when we miss or get off track he quickly reminds us wait a minute and we do for those that Whew. there's no pressure in this to those that have either been doing this a long time but to those that feel the pressure I, I can't be good enough I'm not going to be able to do it I'm, I'm screwed up no 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 we don't do this perfectly every day. I wish we did, <laughs> but we don't. I would love to be able to say this past week was, oh, I just give everything to God. He's got all control. No. Mm. No. But it's got to start here. Mm. It's got to start Decision here. Decision in mind. Be intentional. Okay. It, everything else, it'll get there. Yeah. It'll get in here. It'll get in the actions. It'll get there. But for some of those, especially our new ones here, no pressure. If we're feeling pressure, okay, I'm married to you and I got to love you. I don't want a relationship like that. God doesn't want one like that. No. Let him show you. You know, he is God. Sometimes we are like, oh, yeah, God's there. But he is God. Mm -hmm. If you say... I don't know how to do this. I don't know the right person to talk to on how to do this. You know, he does have a way of showing you. He does have a way of revealing to you that he's in your life. That doesn't involve anyone else but you and him. He does have a way of getting your attention, letting you know that he's there. I've asked him. I've been in church and I've been raised in this and, you know, I should be. I'm not. There's times I'm like, God, you know. 
can you just let me know you're there? Mm. Whether it's a warm feeling I feel in my chest, whether it's someone coming up to me and saying exactly what I needed to hear, I just want to let you know. Yeah. I don't know for whatever reason, but you're going to be okay. Or you have someone that says, you know, God, let me know. I'm praying for you today. Or it's someone you don't even know coming up to you and just giving you something that you're like, wow, I needed to hear. I needed that today. Yeah. And God just giving, giving you that little tug. I want to let you know that was me. He does. He's God. Hmm. He has a way. He is also, he sticks it closer than a brother. He is personal. But at the same time, he is God. Still he's everything. omnipresent. He's everything. He's bigger than what we could ever fathom or imagine. He does have a way of being able to let you know he's there. Amen. And he does have a way of being able to show you and teach you because it's your relationship with him. It's not mine. It's not his. It's not the church's. It's yours. Amen. You don't have the same relationship that my husband and I have. We don't have the same relationship with those that you are, you have a relationship with. You're all unique. We're all different. Amen. It's your relationship. How does he talk to you? Do you know how he talks to you? If you don't, ask him. But I will tell you this. It takes faith. You have to believe. That's a big thing. Faith cannot be passive. Faith has to be active. So being intentional is being a person of faith. Because intention, intentionality requires activation of faith. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you today. Lord, only you know that the words spoken here today did not come out of our imagination, but Father, we had submitted ourselves to you and you have led us down this path today because I believe you're speaking to someone that is watching or that will watch. You see exactly where we are. You see exactly what we're going through. But more importantly, God, you desire to make yourself real and known to us. You came to earth. You stepped out of heaven to come to us so that you could show us love. That you could show us that you're not a high priest that's, that's not touched by the feelings of our infirmity. That you're with us, connected to us. That you walk with us. Father, I pray today that the words that are said would not be the words of a man and a woman, but they would be words that come from you, that as these words were spoken, they would penetrate into our hearts and our lives and that they would activate faith in us. And more importantly, they would turn, they would cause us to turn our eyes upon you and become intentional about our relationship with you and walking with you and being connected with you. Father, I pray this in Jesus' name. I can feel and I know your presence is here. I can feel you. I know the reality of it. And I can feel your spirit moving as we speak these words. And Father, I pray now in Jesus' name that you would, that these words would penetrate deep into the soil of our hearts and that would bring fruit into our life. In the name of Jesus Christ, make yourself real and known to us, Father. Make yourself real and known to us in Jesus' name.